Hey, Forge family. Let's just begin this podcast in prayer. Lord God Almighty, these servant songs have been penetrating our hearts. And as we prepare for Advent, please help us open wide to receive more of you. We long for revival in our midst and reformation here in America. Those both start by resurrection power. Holy Spirit, come teach us, awaken us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we were in Isaiah 49, and that opened up to us uh, the second servant song. We were taught that the servant of Yahweh was called from birth and then formed and equipped with a mouth like a sharp sword. Also as a continuously sharpened arrow. Now this arrow was concealed and protected by God. Immediately following the words on preparation come the confession of seeming failure by the servant. He was commissioned to draw Israel back to God, but his message and example were rejected in his first coming. I remember people, Isaiah is standing in the middle of a Godhead discussion 700 years before the birth of Jesus. So God here has stepped out of time and back into time He knows what's coming, and so does the servant. All right? All the servant can say is that the Lord knows that that this temporal roadblock, if you will, of the initial rejection by Israel uh, isn't going to last, and that there is a reward yet to come for the servant. The Lord God ups the ante, He extends the commission the servant has, saying basically that winning Israel back was too small an order. So the Lord expands the servant's commission to include all the nations of the earth. This will result through the servant's light and offer of salvation in himself. It was in verse 7 of Isaiah 49, that we got the first hint of suffering that the servant would endure. We would be dis- he would be despised, abhorred, and dismissed. The song finishes with the prophetic statements of all, all Israel, all nations of believers being brought home. So now, Forge family, let's read the beginning of the third servant song in Isaiah 50, verses 4 to 11. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of, the, of disciples, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient. Nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting, for the Lord God helps me. 
Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let him, let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who is he who condemns me? Behold, they will all wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands, walk in the light of your fire, and among the brands you have set ablaze. This you will have from my hand, and you will lie down in torment. So let's begin in verse 4 here. The Lord is described here by the servant as Adonai Yahweh. This, this extended title for God is used 17 times in Isaiah and four times here in the third servant song. That, that extended title speaks of a sovereign, superior Lord. The servant says that this awesome God has given him the instructed tongue of disciples. And the purpose of this learned tongue is to know how to sustain, how to come under, how to lift the weary with a word. In context here, the weary are the faithful remnant of Israel. The weary are the Jews who are trying to keep the law and failing. And the weary are the oppressed, idol-worshipping nations who have no peace. This servant is able to speak eloquently and encouragingly. So, how did this servant of Yahweh acquire such a gifted tongue? Well, look at the second half of verse 4. It says, Yahweh awakens him morning by morning. Yahweh awakens the servant's ear to listen as a disciple. When the servant speaks, he's not speaking his own words, but rather a word received from his teacher. The servant delivers God's word to the weary. The scholar Franz Delich said, Nothing befits the tongue of the discipled ones of God so much as the gift of administering consolation. That's comfort care. That's wisdom. That's tough love. Verse 5, Adonai Yahweh opened the servant's ear and the response of the servant was, I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. Now you remember, God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. And after Adam sinned, God called out. God said, Adam, where are you? Okay? The response of the first Adam is very different than the second Adam. Okay? The servant says, I was not 
disobedience, nor did I turn back. Yahweh has poured prophetic revelation into that open ear of the servant. Alec Machir says, quote, a tongue filled with the appropriate words in ministry is a result of an ear filled with the word of God. The ear represents the whole person, the whole body, one who knows and does God's will. The servant's inner life has no checks, no, no rebellion, no pushback. Okay? His outer expressions, well, he, he's faced front. He, do, he doesn't waver, he doesn't turn, he doesn't turn back. In verse 6, the servant moves from the inner foundational obedience to Yahweh to outer voluntary submission to suffering at the hands of men. As verse 6 starts, you could translate the Hebrew of the servant speaking as, quote, For my part, I determined to offer my back to those who continually strike me. Now, Forge family, do you see the willful choice in the wording here by the servant? <clears throat> and he continues, For my part, I determined to not hide my face from mocking and spitting men. For my part, I determined to offer my cheeks to those who would tear out my beard. So this verse is a, is a startling prophecy of the treatment of Jesus very early in the morning of the day on which he was crucified. But here, there, there's no indication that such savage treatment, okay, traditional expressions of contempt, if you will, that none of that leads to death. See, that waits for us in the fourth servant psalm. That's coming. In verse... 7. For or because Adonai Yahweh will help me is how the servant begins. He says, because God, the Lord, supreme God, will help me. Okay, here the word uh, for help is uh, uh, azar. Okay, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a verb that speaks of help and support. Now, it's used of military assistance in, in, in the moving of human armies to help. Or it could be the intervention of God in his power to help. It can also speak of personal assistance. Now, this word is very close to the noun, azer. Okay, it's, it's similar cognate root. All right. And in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God says of Adam, I will make for him a significant helper, the woman. And he, he makes this woman and brings her to Adam. Okay? Same root. Azar, Azar. Now, because Adonai Yahweh will help the servant, he says, I will not be disgraced. The servant sets his face like flint. Okay, that means hard. It means utter determination. 
Flint in the natural is a cryptocrystalline quartz. It appears in nodules and in softer metamorphic uh, rock layers. And since ancient of days, it has been napped or, or chipped uh, to make knife edges, spear points, arrow points, and then and the Industrial Revolution came along. Flint was the critical, it was in the critical firing mechanism for flint lock muskets and rifles. <clears throat> Still here in this text, the face of the servant is set rock hard. A resolute position. And it states that I know I will not reap shame. <clears throat> the servant has never sowed <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> the servant has never sowed unrighteousness in thought, in attitude, or in action. So there's no seeds of shame that were planted, and there's no harvest of shame to be gathered. In verse 8, now here, here's a trial scene because it uses, it uses legal language, it uses forensic language. Okay, and the servant is set to face adversaries. It, uh, it's a court where Adonai Yahweh, the supreme reigning God, stands near, literally next to the servant even as a next of kin would stand next to the servant in a trial. So the servant, knowing that he's innocent, and the servant saying uh, that he, he knows that God will help him, turns in this courtroom setting and says, Stand up! Face me! Confront me! The servant looks to God to secure and pronounce his ultimate acquittal. So, logically speaking, when did that acquittal come to pass? You know, all, remember all the false accusations against Jesus, that you're a blasphemer, that you have a demon, etc. Yeah, when, when was he acquitted of that? Henri Blochet, a scholar, says it points to acquittal by resurrection. Part of the vindication of the servant is yet to come. It will come in the second advent, the second coming of the Lord, as he comes to reign and to rule the millennial kingdom. In verse 9, twice the word behold appears. It means, look, open your eyes, people. The Lord God will, will help me. The Lord God has committed himself as advocate and judge. Now you can say, who is it that would have the servant be viewed as wicked? Who would have the servant condemned? Well, that's Satan and his minions and those that are so persuaded that Satan is right and God is wrong. Okay, the second time this this word behold appears, it's all those adversaries are going to fail. They're going to literally wear out like a garment. I remember as a child traveling in Mexico 
watching village women take their laundry down to a stream and 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 rub sand over stains and and rub soap into the stain and and in the sweat stained garments and then they would beat those garments against a rock they would just thrash that laundry on a rock that's guaranteed to wear out the fabric okay here the lord says those adversaries they're they're going to wear out like a garment and they're going to be consumed the servant is speaking of inevitable destruction now there's a shift here. Verses 10 and 11, it isn't the servant who's speaking. It's Yahweh himself. It's, it's the Lord steps in and says, Who among you all fears and obeys God? Who has reverential awe and no pushback in their spirit? And then he turns and says, yeah, They're the ones who obey the voice of the Spirit. These are the ones who will not have one spark, one inkling, one little gleam to guide them. They're going to have to walk by faith, not by sight, in the darkness. Yahweh says, let them trust in the name of the Lord. And really the exhortation here is, do like the servant. Trust like the servant. Verse 11, there are two classes of mankind with two ways of life that are laid out here. One walks in darkness by faith. The other walks in self-kindled light. One has no spark and no gleam. There's nothing in the natural to lead them and direct them. The other carries self-made, self-ignited torches. One leans on God, and the other will end up lying down in torment. See, we, we've lost the metaphor here. <clears throat> it's ancient. Don't understand what it means to circle around with torches. Don't understand what it was that Isaiah was, was writing about. But <clears throat> here, the unrighteous, the proud, the ungodly are being addressed by Yahweh. Those who like their own way hope to save themselves. The ungodly ones, the adversaries of the servant, light their own fires. But the fire that should warm them and light their way, it will consume them. Disciples and the faithful remnant, they walk patiently through darkness. That means dark days, dark circumstances, dark experiences, <clears throat> until Yahweh brings them his light. Forge family, this third song of the servant of God speaks of discipleship, of day-by-day -day encounters with God. So here's some hard questions. Are you experiencing that? Is Holy Spirit making your tongue like that of the servant? Is your ear filled with God's word? 
so that you can confront evil, so that you can willfully submit when you're falsely accused. Remember the first song where the servant is described as quiet and gentle? When the rubber meets the road, what comes out of us reveals what has been received, studied, claimed, and practiced. Just like the servant. And the same Lord God Supreme stands with us, stands near us, and helps us when we listen. And helps us when we call on him. Again, think about your tongue. Is it like the tongue of Jesus? Think about your ear. Are you listening to the God who loves you or listening to the lies of the adversary? Let's all choose to set our face like flint to become disciples of God Most High. Lord the Spirit, who leads us into all truth, who convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment, who fills us with your presence and and activates the mind of Christ, we willfully choose to be like the servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Forge family. Love you. We'll see you soon.